0: Hello and welcome to the ISP Podcast, Falcons on Air. We are your hosts, Emily and I'm Sophia. And we hope that you're having a great day so far. Today we have the lovely Mr. Crane with us.
1: So Mr. Crane, we're very honored and happy to have you with us today. And for our first question, our area of exploration, we were wondering, how did you come to teach psychology?
2: Um... Well, I saw your questions ahead of time, so I sort of thought about this. And one of the things we study in psychology, too, is we talk about marriage. And so Sorry, can you come psychology is kind of like a, an arranged marriage for me because I did my degree in university in Islamic history and architecture. Uh, so when I came to ISP, I had taught a variety of things. Um, and then one day the principal said, you're going to teach psychology. And by the way, he taught year one, and I was supposed to teach year two. Um, And I had taken one psychology course at university. So um, it was definitely the idea that you learn to love each other uh, was my relationship with psychology. Uh, Definitely now I am deeply in love with the subject. But definitely when I started, I was kind of terrified because I (laughs) was like, oh my god, what is this? Um, In my very first year of teaching, I also had this group of students who were, like, shockingly strong. It was a group of all girls, um, and they were all... like, one of them has gone on to become, like, a, like a human rights court judge. Uh, one of them has gone on to become a translator for the U.S. State Department. I mean, like, really, like, achievers. And I remember sitting down with them, and I said, okay, so here's the situation. I'm your teacher, and I don't know what I'm doing, so we're going to have to do this together. Um, and they all really scored high, and they really learned a lot. So um, so that's kind of my relationship with the subject. Oh,
1: that's amazing. And when was that turning point for you from going, yes, you know, this is something I have to do, to something you know, you really, really enjoy and care about?
2: Um, I think, you know, one of the things about teaching a program like the IB is they have lists of things we have to, like, teach you. Um, And I think when you first start teaching a course, you're kind of, no matter what you're teaching, you're kind of stuck with, I need to teach all these things. You go through point by point by point, and that's not fun. Um, But then once you get past the point of that and start to think, oh, I could try this and still meet these goals, then that creativity comes into your teaching. And that's where you get more excited, like, oh, we could do this. And then when you get comfortable with that, then you can say to students, I want you to start exploring what you want to do. And then it becomes really exciting. So I think like that progression probably took uh, five or six years. Uh, before I felt like, okay, now it it's really has its own life. It's kind of an organic process, rather than me following the IB guide and saying, did I do all these things so my students can be successful?
0: And um, what brought you to Prague and made you stay here so long? Like, what made you commit to Prague? Uh,
2: well, my story of Prague is kind of an interesting one because I had studied in Germany, um, and when I finished studying in Germany, I went back to the States, uh, New York State was doing one of these quick certifications for teachers because uh, we had a shortage in the state. Um, they're not very happy pride that I left. Um, <laughs> but while I was doing that, the school I a student taught at was ISP's sister school. So in the old days, all schools in communist Europe had a, quote, sister school where they sent somebody over to help us out. They sent us supplies. Uh, they would arrange professional development for us. Um, So I was told that there was this job here. And by the way, it was for German and French language teaching for elementary and to set up a computer literacy program. And I knew how to use a computer, um, but I didn't know how to set up an elementary computer literacy program. So I applied. Um, And then the woman who was in charge of all the transcripts in Germany, her mother died unexpectedly, and they needed someone to come over and do all the transcripts for the foreign students. So they said, would you go over? So they paid me, and as a student, that's a big deal, uh, <laughs> to go over to Germany. And so when I got there, I contacted ISP. Uh, the director at the time was Alan Konki, And I said to him, I'm going to be in Prague if you want to meet me. And he's like, oh, okay. So they brought me over. I had dinner with the French ambassador's wife, who was the teacher at the school, and the German ambassador's wife was another teacher at the school, and they hired me. Um, only later did I find out that they never received my application because of the censorship or whatever of the communist system, and they had no idea who I was. But because oh the God. job was advertised so late, and at the time, finding language teachers who knew something about computers was not the norm, so I got hired by default. Uh, so that's how I came here. Okay. And I have stayed here mostly because of the revolution, uh, having a lot of Czech friends, friends. Um, yeah, and, I've, and I think you know recently I've become a Czech citizen, so definitely. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Thank you.
1: So you've been in Prague, you've been in Germany, you've been in the States, and we know that you've traveled quite extensively. Mm. Um, could you tell us about your most recent travels?
2: My most recent travel was to Saudi Arabia. I was there for a little over two weeks. Um, basically seeing most of the big urban centers, so uh, Riyadh and Jeddah, uh, but also seeing the Nabataean ruins in the the north, which was the whole reason I wanted to go. Um, Trying to think of what to say about it. It was cool to be in a society that's in transition. Um, I think, as Westerners, we may be very judgmental at this point, that they're not going fast enough, et cetera, in uh, Saudi Arabia. But to see women be guides for mixed gender groups, to see women not having to wear the hijab, being able to make their own choices, uh, that was kind of exciting to be in a space that was like that. And it kind of reminded me of the revolution here and what it was like in the early 90s, when when Czechs were like pushing the envelope a little bit, and they were trying to figure out like what this new freedom meant uh so that was that that was my most recent trip and it was quite fun though it wasn't as sunny as i thought it was going (laughs) to (laughs) be
0: what was your favorite trip
2: a favorite trip is hard um and i think um you know if you travel you know this that you different countries have different strengths right so for some it's the food so when i think of food i think of iran i think of peru i think of italy i mean i could go to italy every vacation and just eat food um and then there's other things like like i told you i'm an islamic uh architecture student so i love like going to places like turkey and to egypt and to iran and iraq to see to see their architecture uh, but I'm also just interested in remote places. So for me, Northern Sudan, which didn't have a lot of like, like architecture, uh, was just really cool to be a place where like there's nobody near. Or Antarctica was also fantastic, just to be so far away from everyone and everything. Well, not everything, it was lots of penguins. But, you know, <laughs> but basically to be very remote.
1: And on these different cultures that you've been experiencing through all of these travels, which culture would you say was the easiest to kind of merge into or adapt or adopt?
2: Um, you know, I think Slavic culture for me is very easy to adapt to because my grandparents were from, from Poland. Um, and so I think that way of thinking and that the, the values of, of Slavic culture to me are very familiar. Uh, so I think that's why Prague has never felt really foreign, uh, even though for years my Czech was this kind of like Polish Czech, like Czechlish or something like that, that was pretty bad. Um, I also felt really comfortable in Turkey when I lived there. Um, I felt that the Turks were, for different reasons, I don't think I necessarily shared like the culture and the values always of the culture I lived in there. But I felt that they were much more welcoming and were much more interested in me as a foreigner. Whereas Czechs, they were interested in me as a foreigner. I guess I think I'm weird that I learned their language, um, <laughs> but I but I don't think like I think Czech culture like German culture is more more distant, right? They don't invite you all over to your home as soon as they meet you. Whereas uh, Turks and then when I was in in, in Iran, people just inviting you for dinner like automatically there's a much more of a sense of of hospitality uh so in some ways that's kind of deceptive right it makes you feel like you're welcome but you might just be odd right you might just be like (laughs) oh a foreigner that would be cool to meet him uh whereas checks were never quite so sold on foreigners so like as being like super interesting so let's have them over for dinner
0: okay and um what was your most shocking experience with everything
2: we travel yes oh shocking experience um, I wouldn't know, I wouldn't say it was shocking. Well, I guess it's shocking. So I think, you know, sometimes there's places on the planet that you can't really travel by yourself. I mean, when I was your age, I did things, well, a little older than you. I like backpacked and hitchhiked across the Stans. I went across Tajikistan, Kyrgyzstan, etc. Um, and I learned a lot about myself there. But there's some places today that because of security or because of remoteness, it's better to go with a group. And I think the shocking thing sometimes is how some people that consider themselves travelers can be incredibly condescending to the local people. Um, and I've sometimes been very sad on trips to see people humiliate the Sri Lankan hotel owner because their room was not up to standard, or mm-hmm. to go, you know, to make fun of the police officer who is just trying to do his job. Um, so I think, I think sometimes when we travel we we forget that we're privileged to be able to do that and so and then when we get there we expect things to be our way and I think I'm always surprised when people do that because the joy of travel is to be in a place that is unfamiliar where you've got to try to figure things out and when you're there uh, like maybe recent trip to Saudi Arabia part of the group I was with complained every day that they couldn't have a drink and I'm like, but you knew that before you came here. Like, why are you, why is this the conversation every single day? Um, and when they would say things like, well Saudi Arabia will never be a serious country until they allow their tourists to drink, that kind of cultural imperialism really shocks me when I hear it. So I think, so I don't think the shock usually comes from them, It more comes from us if that makes any sense. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. and returning back to Prague, specifically ISP, What's your favorite memory as a teacher?
2: Favorite memory as a teacher. Uh, This one is hard um, because I don't know if I have a favorite memory. I think what what I love is that very often in the classroom, I see energy and thinking that unfortunately the IB will never see. Um, And I think a real good day at ISP is when I can share with others that this amazing thing happened in my classroom. And it could be an individual student who's made great progress and has just said something really, like, amazing, like like you did yesterday (laughs) in my classroom, Amelia. Um, Or it could just be that, like, the class had this amazing conversation or they did amazing presentations. So I think, you know, that's that's when your skills and my skills come together and we do something wonderful and i think that's that to me is what is the highlight of isp that's
0: lovely and um so we're gonna switch again to travel okay i just have another question what is a dream country or a town or place you want to travel to Oh.
2: That's hard because I've traveled so much. Like, I don't, I don't know <laughs> if I have, like, huge dreams at this point, to be honest. Um, I still would like to see more of Africa, um, especially Western Africa. Um, I'm very interested in cultures. Uh, so even though I like, you know, zebra and giraffes and hippopotamuses, Um, I especially like the local people, and I think to be able to go to some place like Angola or to Gabon, uh, where they make those great donuts we have in the cafeteria, (laughs) I think, um, those would be places I would like to go to experience the people. I mean, if I ever go on another safari, I don't really care, uh, but I would like to go and, and learn more about people. And I think in class, we've talked a little bit about the people of Africa. Have we talked about that yet? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. And I'm always uh, very humbled by their hospitality and their kindness. So I think that's something I would like to continue to experience. That's
0: great. Okay, and um, thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome. And, um, yeah, Uh, thank you for listening, and we hope that you enjoyed today's episode, and we will see you next time.